Wellington Links rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. Welcome to the next episode of Linked in Impact with the Arlington Links. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm excited to host this podcast produced by the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. I serve as one of the co-conveners of the Black Women's Roundtable Virginia, an organization comprised of organizations focused on building intergenerational leadership, advocating for our rights, and prioritizing the wellness of Black women and girls. We strongly believe that advocacy is truly 365 days a year, no matter the election cycle or the court decision. Our work is dependent on partnerships. Representatives of the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated recently met with several of the other area black women's organizations to strategize and discuss how we can work more effectively together. In this episode, I have with me Deborah Foreman Speller, President of the National Council of Negro Women, Northern Virginia Section, and Sherelle Carper, the 24th National President and CEO of the National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women's Clubs, Incorporated. In this conversation, we learn more about these historic organizations and the great work they are doing in the community. Enjoy the conversation. Deborah and Sherelle, we are so excited to have you with us today. Can you talk more about what each of your organizations does? We can start with you, Deborah. All righty. And thank you for having me. You may know this history about in 1935 that Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune founded the National Council of Negro Women as a national organization of national organizations. And the vision was, and the purpose was, unity of action, much like the United Nations, uh, working to support families in the community. And our organization, the Northern Virginia uh, section, was established in 1975, and uh, basically as a community-based section focusing on impacting communities, working on activities like Thanksgiving baskets through partnership with Project Gift Back, Christmas gifts to seniors, working with Arlington Public Schools on partnerships on different activities, supporting Bailey's Crossroads Homeless Shelter. And we have addressed a couple of global projects like in Ghana, we gave uh, sanitary napkins to 100 students. We actually delivered it in Kamasi, Ghana, and we did a virtual one in the Dominican Republic. So 
we are about supporting our communities locally as well as uh, globally. And we adopted the theme this year, promoting acts of kindness in the community. So thank you for asking that question. Thank you, Deborah. What about you, Cheryl? What does your organization focus on? Well, good afternoon, and thank you, uh, Christopher, for inviting me. And it's a pleasure to be here with you and Dr. Foreman as well, who um, I work with her and two uh, in both of our organizations, actually. But our organizations are somewhat similar. There's a lot of similarity. The National Association of Negro Business and Professional Women's Clubs Incorporated was founded also in 1935. And we're also a community service organization. Our mission is to promote and protect the interests of African-American business and professional women and to serve as advisors for young people seeking to enter business and professions and also to improve the quality of life in our local and global communities and to focus on good fellowships. And so that's what our clubs do nationwide in terms of following our mission statement. We do a lot of community work with other organizations that we partner with. I am actually the national president of the organization, the 24th national president until next week. But I am also a member of the Northern Virginia Business and Professional Women's Clubs. And we are a young club. We were founded in uh, 2017. And so we're only about uh, seven, six years old. And we started our club in the Northern Virginia area with 42 members and seven Vader side, which is our collegiate section of our organization. And we have one ombudsman. And so similar to uh, the National Council of Negro Women, which I am a member of as well, we do scholarships. We give out scholarships annually. We have an international program where we, as uh, Dr. Foreman mentioned about the uh, sanitary napkins, we work very closely with the Global uh, Peace Women's Organization uh, foundation that they distribute uh, sanitary napkins to women in three of the countries in Africa, Ghana, and the other one is Sierra Leone, and we also do Liberia. So we our theme in terms of uh, reaching out for our national programs, the umbrella under LETS, which stands for Leadership, Entrepreneurship, and Technology. And the S is for service. And the service is our HEAT program, which is health, economic development, and education. So that's a little bit about the Northern Virginia Business and Professional Women's Club. Thank you both for sharing about what your organizations do and also really grounding this conversation in history. You know, you both said that your organizations were started in 1935. You know, we know that there were the sororities that were started in the early part of the century. This organization for this podcast, The Links Incorporated, was founded in 1946. So we know at this time there were just so many Black women who felt the desire to come together to make change, to make our communities stronger, to make sure our voices were heard. And we're still existing today and we're still thriving today. So what today, what are some of the issues of biggest concern among Black women and girls in Northern Virginia? And I'd like to start with you, Sherelle. Well, recently, we club hosted a town hall meeting. 
and it was specifically addressing the issues of sex trafficking, human trafficking, and uh, also what is called FGM, which is very, these two areas are very prevalent in the Northern Virginia area, particularly for young girls, for girls and young women. And uh, when I said we partnered, we actually partnered with seven other organizations, NCNW is one, and the Global Peace Women Foundation is other who specifically, their programs are geared toward eradicating and eliminating FGM, which is female genital mutilation, which started in third world countries. However, um, those it's a cultural and a ritual practice where girls are being cut. And these practices are illegal in the United States. However, they have spilled over and particularly here uh, in the Northern Virginia area, which several people probably are not aware of. But that along with the uh, human trafficking is another huge area that is being practiced here in the Northern Virginia area. So those type of issues that very, very serious and need to be raised the awareness, not only particularly in our communities, specifically uh, in our schools, to uh, alert our teachers, our nurses, who uh, know about the practices of both FGM, human and sex trafficking, that is being done here with our young African-American girls and young women. And so that is something that um, is that is very serious. And because of the town hall meeting, we got a lot of feedback. We had our first African-American Congresswoman, Jennifer McCullen, who was on and spoke about the need of organization, particularly Black women organizations coming together to raise the awareness of the sex trafficking uh, problems that are here and growing in the Northern Virginia area. And we also had uh, Delegate Candace King on as well, and she talked about the seriousness and of the problems and the increasing problems of sex trafficking, particularly on, uh, as I had mentioned before with you, uh, Krista, the Route 1 corridor, where we would love to raise the awareness, not only in our schools, but also in our hospitality industry as well. And Sherelle, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, when I'm listening to you speak, I'm just thinking that the founders of our organizations, again, are probably so proud, would be so proud of the work that we're doing. Because in that one example, one, you're shining a light on a very important issue, um, raising awareness and trying to get people behind it. Two, you're collaborating with other organizations. Three, you're bringing in the expertise of elected officials like Jennifer McClellan, like you said, is the first Black female congresswoman um, from Virginia, and Candy King, who is in the House of Delegates. And, you know, just 50 years ago, we never would have imagined that we'd be able to operate in this way. So I really appreciate that example, and thank you for the work that you're doing. So, Deborah, what do you think are some of the issues of biggest concern among Black women and girls in Northern Virginia? I highly support what Sherelle T. Copper, uh, the national president and CEO, and I'm also a member of her organization in the Northern Virginia Club. Health is a big issue for our women and girls, specifically maternal deaths of babies uh, being born to African-American women, as well as 
just getting the appropriate care, uh, mammograms, you know, evaluations for cancer of uterus and, and et cetera, really concerned about that. And, it, and we had a wonderful health fair in April, our NOVA NCNW put on. But as you know, we are still concerned about vaccinations uh, for COVID. And you're going to help promote that as we go through the year. Yes. You know, COVID is still alive and people are still dying from COVID. So we're really concerned about that as a health issue. And in addition to that, we're concerned about the freedom to learn. And our organization had a rally in D.C. in which uh, Sherelle and I and another member were out there marching. We're really concerned about the fact that the college board made a decision to water down the AP African American Studies curriculum and the fact that they are making a real bad choice by banning books by well-known authors, people who um, did a lot of research to create books so that our children will be able to learn the truth about our ancestry. So I would say health and education is, both of them are really big issues for us. And uh, we're going to address that as a social justice uh, concern. So, and I have many, but I would say those two, I would be the, the, the strongest ones for this upcoming year. Absolutely, Deborah, and I appreciate you highlighting those important issues. And you know, as you said, these some of these are these are all national issues, or not just Northern Virginia issues. But you know, some people sometimes think that where we are in the nation, we may have a higher economic status, or may be insulated from some of these issues that are plaguing the rest of the nation, and in some cases, the rest of the world. But I think it's really important that the NCNW Nova section is focusing on these, you know, perennial issues of health and education. So, you know, I'd love to talk to more, you all more about how do you, what are your potential solutions? What's being done out there to try to work on sex trafficking, um, the freedom to learn, um, increasing vaccinations, um, maternal deaths in the, in the Black community? How can we solve these things? And also what support and resources are needed in order for us to get to a solution? And I'll start with you, Deborah. Um, steps in terms of getting the information out yes. to our community through education, through any kind of program that we can tap into to share the literature. And that's what I really like about Good Health Wins. We can put our table out there. We can put the information out and just have educational material out there so that people can pick it up. And even if at that moment they have not made a decision, they can take the information home and share it uh, with members of the family. So education, getting the word out through education, through this uh, social media, any kind of way we can, uh, I think is a, is a good resource. And we can have our experts to come in. All of our organizations are doing excellent jobs in getting experts in the medical field, as well as in the mental health field, 
And I failed to say, because mental health is a big, big issue across the board around the world, specifically with our teenagers and our youth and the whole idea that suicide rates are up. And, you know, it's really a big concern to me that I'm hearing about young people in our community as well as celebrities that are choosing to take their you know life because of concerns about mental health situations. So I would say just the educational piece and leaning on our experts to come and be a voice to get the information, you know, the truth out to the community. Excellent. Very important. Sherelle, what about you? What are ways we can solve some of these problems? And then what are what support and resources do we need? Well, I uh, certainly agree with all that Deborah said. I mean, education is really, it's huge. And the collaboration of the organizations that are here in North Virginia, uh, such as the Links and CNW, our organization, one coalition of 100 Black women, the uh, organization that Angela Peabody is CEO, manager and CEO of, teachers association organization. And we have uh, several of these women in the different organizations within our club. And so it's definitely a plus that when we sponsor a program that we do have the resources to reach out, resources and opportunities to reach out to these other organizations that are here in the Northern Virginia area. So sororities as well as fraternities, because there's also, you know, once you get the men involved with it, then they seem to be a lot more serious sometimes than us because they know this is impacting their daughters, their sisters. And so definitely, you know, they are very much involved with it. But to me, the education awareness, heightening the education awareness, getting our local churches involved, they play a major role in our Black communities and our Black churches have a very impactful and organizations like the Virginia Roundtable is another organization, you know, that is a national organization, but has a major impact in the Northern Virginia, in the state of Virginia, period. So, and getting our political leaders involved with the um, the concerns that we have and the resources and finding out what type of resources that they have available that we can tap into and utilize. So, Definitely the things that Deborah mentioned and also, and I certainly agree uh, with the mental health as being a concern, a major concern uh, in our organization. This is a growing concern with our young people, our young uh, African-American girls and boys and uh, our young people of color, period. It's impacting us individually. You know, I have two granddaughters and there is a situation that I am, my family's dealing with how our uh, granddaughter one is um, interacting socially. And so, you know, it, it, it hits home and we need to raise the awareness of the impact of mental health that it has on uh, the black and families of color in general. And what can we do about it? And what are the resources that are available on the state level funds that are available that we can tap into. And, and just like Deborah talked about Good Health Wins, the funds that are um, being divided amongst the, the sections and other organizations who are partnering with them, we can find out also what kind of a 
funding is available on state level here in Virginia as well, because there are funds available to help with promoting and addressing these issues, these very serious issues that are impacting the Black community. Absolutely, Sherelle. And, you know, something you said earlier, Deborah, was that you named a few issues, but you said you could keep going. And that is just so true. And, you know, sometimes it really does become overwhelming. I know for me, at least, um, serving in the role as a community leader and trying to think about solutions and partnerships and ways that we can make a big impact, it can become overwhelming. And I think sometimes we also have to remember that a lot of these issues are interconnected. So by working on one, we think we're working on one, we're actually helping solve other ones. And Sherelle, you named a lot of different partners, and that's a perfect segue into something else I want to ask. And several of you have talked about partnerships, but I'd love to know if you have any specific examples of how organizations that you've been working with have partnered for success. What impact was made? Um, And I know you already talked about sex trafficking, Sherelle, which is a great example, but anything else that either of you have about examples of success from our partnerships? And I think I'll start with you, Deborah. Okay. I can tell you that the National Panhellenic Council of Sororities and Fraternities are really doing a fabulous job out in the community working together. I served on the Northern Virginia Panhellenic Council for a couple of years, and I was impressed then. But since then, I've seen so many examples of our fraternities and sororities courting NCNW, the links, you know, just on social justice. Mm-hmm. And the George Floyd situation was a big example how all we all came together on that, making sure that justice was done. That one is real clear to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, example, uh, Brianna in Kentucky, they're still working on it, but the community, you, we're getting to the point where we do not forget. You know, in the past, we used to forget a lot and move on, but now with the young people and support of all the college students, again, another wonderful group to partner with. I can tell you it's really good to partner with the young people because of social media. A lot of people say it's negative, but I see it as a very positive social tool when it comes down to using, utilizing the skills that our young people have to get the word out when we want to address social justice. So I'm going to say the Panhellenic group And the fact that we're pulling in those college students would be a great example of us partnering together. Thank you, Deborah. Sherelle, any other examples of powerful partnerships? Well, as I mentioned, the one that is most prevalent for me is the town hall where we had seven other women organizations partner with us. And one of them, another one of them that I didn't mention that is under the uh, leadership of Sheila Coates is Black Women United. And they've been around for a while doing work and making a difference in the community. Sheila was very much involved with the uh, statues that are there in Richmond at the state building. She is um, responsible for speaking up, ensuring that those 10 women who are were the stat, who are the statues there in Richmond that women of color were included in that um, project when it first started. So 
my hat's off to her. She's been working in the community for a long time. At least I've known her for at least 25, 30 years, and she was doing work before then. So, you know, organ grassroots organizations like Black Women United in Northern Virginia, which probably a lot of people don't even know about, but and Angela Peabody with her uh, organization and the work that she's partners doing partnership work with uh, George Washington University to get the word out and to eradicate FGM that is occurring in our schools here in Northern Virginia with her teaching the uh, police force, law enforcement, to um, what to look for when these young uh, girls are being um, victim victimized by FGM and what the nurses need to look for when they young girls come back from off of vacations, summer vacations, and the difference in the attitudes, and also teaching and reaching out to the teachers in Fairfax County as well as Loudoun County. So, you know, these organizations that are out doing these work, the work in the community to the, these issues that are impacting our community and they're making a difference, my hat's off to them, particularly when I reach out to them in CNW, like with Deborah, they're willing to make a difference and to answer to the call and what it is that we can do uh, to make the changes and raise the awareness in our community amongst Black women and young girls. Absolutely. You're so right, Sherelle. And it just so happens that I served on the Women's Monument Commission that created the statues in Richmond, and it's actually, as of a few years ago, and I think still holds true, it's the only monument to women on a state capitol grounds. Yes. So it is really exciting, though, you know, to go back and visit after working for you few years on the commission and just see the representation. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations today whether representation is enough, but I think it definitely, it's so powerful because that's, that's history, especially when we're going through other kind of fights with statues and monuments in our country, it's exciting to build monuments for the future that are so very positive. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, you know, I want both of you to imagine that it's the year 2050 and we have achieved equity for Black women and girls, whatever you think that might be. What would that look like? And what are some of the steps we need to take today to get towards that equity for Black women and girls in Northern Virginia? And I'll start with you, Deborah. Uh, I would like to see on the political scene, a Black woman governor, mm -hmm. you know, as a nonprofit group, we can't say oh, what, which one we want to <laughs> represent, uh, which uh, political side we want to represent. But, you know, we have some brilliant women especially coming out of Virginia, very savvy. And I'll have to give a shout out to Congresswoman McClellan, who just, you know, broke the barrier uh, in terms of being the first African-American Congresswoman. But then hearing state senator, state congressperson, our Candy King on the human trafficking situation. She's an up-and-coming person, too. She has wonderful people skills. I'd like to see represented more on the political scene at the highest of level, and that would be as a governor of Virginia. And I'd like to see more women of color serving in those uh, positions of power, people at the table, 
making decisions about our health care, making decisions about housing, making affordable housing for women, single parents who are trying to raise their children in safe environments, free from violence, free from guns, and really concerned about the gun uh, situation and the mass shootings. I'd like to see us really address those issues so that our families can be safe in the state. I love that, Deborah. I, in 2006, founded an organization to get more African-Americans elected in Virginia. So for the past 17 years, you know, we've done everything from trainings to scholarships to honoring some people. We've actually honored Congresswoman McClellan when she, I believe, when she was early in her Senate career and at the state level. So, you know, I agree with you that politically, if we can do that, we can really move equity for Black women and girls a long way. Sherelle, what about you? What do you think defines equity for Black women and girls in Northern Virginia? And what do we need to do to get there? I definitely agree wholeheartedly with Deborah in terms of seeing our first uh, Black woman female governor in the state of Virginia. And I hope it doesn't take till 2050, but I would <laughs> certainly love to see that happen as well as, as sad as it is for Black women to have equal pay as their white uh, counterparts, male counterparts and female counterparts who are doing the same job with unequal pay and unequal working conditions. And so, for me, that would be a plus. And also something that uh, we could strive for. And if we focus on it and raise that as an awareness that Black women are not being paid for the same work as their counterparts, as white women, they're making less, and white men in some areas doing the same exact job. So equal opportunity in the workplace for me in Northern Virginia. Terrell, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Uh, Black Women's Roundtable actually worked with Black Women's Roundtable Maryland and D.C., the Sadie Collective, which is an organization which promotes Black women in economics, and J.P. Morgan Chase to do a two-year project um, that included listening sessions, and we just released a report about the economic mobility of Black women in um, Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. And, you know, actually, uh, Congresswoman McClellan actually was one of the speakers at one of our listening sessions. And it was just a great way to get some feedback from the practical experiences on what Black women in these three areas really think it takes to improve their economic mobility. So whether it's more entrepreneurs, whether it's affordable housing, whether it's healthcare, whether it's childcare, whether it's student loans. And our, our hope is that we can now present this report to community leaders and policymakers to really make a difference because it includes a lot of recommendations for some policies that need to be changed for us to get there. So thank you so much for mentioning that economic piece. And so as we wrap up, I would love for both of you to tell our listeners how they can learn more about your organization and possibly get involved. And I'll start, I'll start with you, Sherelle. Well, thank you. We have, of course, a, a national website 
And our national home is located in Washington, D.C., uh, 1806 New Hampshire Avenue. But um, our website is www.n as in Nancy, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy, B as in boy, P as in professional, W as in women, and C as in club.org. And again, that is nanbpwc.org is our national website. And then our local website for the Northern Virginia Club is nova, N-O-V-A, B-P-W dot org. Nova, B as in boy, P as in Paul, W as in whiskey dot org is the local Northern Virginia Business and Professional Women's Club. Our telephone number in Washington, D.C. is area code 202-483-4206, and that'll take you directly to our home national home in D.C. And here in uh, Virginia, we do not have a number, but I don't mind giving out my number, which is 571-437-5644. And I can always relate the information to our director of membership, which is Mrs. Uh, Mary Swanson. Thank you, Sherelle. And Deborah, how can listeners learn more about NCNW and get involved? Okay, I'm going to start with the National Office, which is located uh, 633 Pennsylvania Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C. And I'll have to repeat, uh, one of our presidents said, and that's um, Dorothy Height, it is between the White House and the Capitol. So (laughs) I'd like to share that. The telephone number to the national office is 202-737-0120. And you can connect by website by doing info at ncnw.org. The NOVA website, they can connect uh, with doing www.novancnw.org. And just as Uh, Sherelle said, we don't have a direct line, but I also can be reached by 703-395-7154. So thank you for allowing us to share this information. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you, Sherelle. Thank you, Deborah. It has been great chatting with you. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you you for having us. enjoyed this conversation with Sherelle and Deborah, and that the next time you move forward with an idea or a project for your community organization, you think about how you can partner to make it that much stronger. For more information on the Arlington, Virginia chapter, please visit our website at arlingtonlinksinc.org and follow us on social media at Arlington Links. <music>